Welcome to Coffee in an Interview. I'm Jacqueline Pena, and today I'm here with Boomer Peral, who's going to talk about health, a big topic that we all really care about. So I'm going to toss it over to you, Boomer. You have some interesting experience and certifications. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, first off, thank you for having me on the podcast. But uh, yeah, just a quick background on myself. I um, am 30 years old at at least the time of this recording. Fun fact, it is, I, you would have thought I mentioned before, but it's actually my birthday today. Um, so I Happy just turned birthday. 30. Yeah, th thank you. Thank you. But uh, yeah, I live in Connecticut in the U.S. And uh, yeah, I've had my health and fitness company, Healthy Movement Blueprint, for a couple of years now. Um, I guess this dates back to growing up. I was always into athletics, never worked out, but was always into you know, sports, just staying athletic. And then once high school ended, uh, I, that's when I started to get into exercising. And back then, just like most guys and girls, it was always it was just to look good, uh, especially for, for the ladies. And after doing that for a couple of years, I really started to enjoy it. And like a lot of dumb 20 year old guys, I thought, oh, I guess, you know, because I got myself some progress and I enjoy this. I guess that means I could be a trainer. So I got certified as a personal trainer back in my early 20s and I tried to, you know, start a career in that. But um, just because you enjoy it and just because you can get yourself results doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach. So I actually wasn't a very good trainer back then. And I started to lose interest in it. So I actually ventured off into uh, a different career path. But I always, you know, maintain that passion for health. So I continue to learn. Uh, I actually learned way more on my own than I actually did through my certification course itself, um, which is funny, which I honestly, I think for most things, you know, other than stuff like, you know, brain surgery and crazy stuff like that. I feel like that is a, uh, the case when you do have a true passion for something. And uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, I, you know, was at kind of like a fork in the road of what I wanted to do with my life. And I thought just because I will, I'm a lot smarter now, a lot older, more mature. And uh, I just, you know, know a lot more things about helping other people and not just myself. Let me give uh, this training thing another go. So. Uh, yeah, that's when I started Healthy Movement Blueprint. I got the few certifications I have now, the extra ones in addition to the uh, CPT. And uh, yeah, here we are. And here, and so it's very interesting. Uh, so a couple of things you said there, but one of them is you had this pa passion. Passion makes you want to learn so much more and really dive in um, and, and get that experience. And as you got older, this passion, you were able to reignite it and look at ways to help others with their own health. And you created your company around this. And, um, and what, what inspired you to actually say, let me start an actual company. Let me not just help one or two people on the side, but let me, let me start a full movement here. Uh, yeah, so I just have a real, like my biggest passion above health, although health obviously factors in is just personal development. And so every year, and this really started around 25, 26, and so every year I always try to set goals in each area of my life and just try to finish the year, you know, in a better 
whether it's career or financial situation than I started, better mental health, better physical health, uh, you know, every single category you can think of. And for me, when it comes to career slash uh, the financial side, just being able to have the freedom to do what you want and to an extent when you want is why trying to start my own company was definitely something for me. Like my dad is also an entrepreneur, which I'm sure uh, rubbed off on me a little bit, which mm-hmm. led me to that as well. But that's that's the main reason why I kind of want to do my own thing versus uh, working for somebody else. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, very interesting. And you mentioned your dad is an entrepreneur. My mom is an entrepreneur as well. And she inspired me to, to be there um, and to try that entrepreneur mindset. So I, I, thought, I think that's very interesting that you started Healthy Movement Blueprint. So um, I, I really love what you were saying again about the entrepreneurial mindset, but also goals and you focus on uh, mental health, physical health, and this goal setting to create this company. Coming back to health, um, talk to me a little bit about how, what is it that you do with your company, Healthy Movement Blueprint? And how do you use all these things you've learned over these years, passion, goals, health, and all the certifications and everything of learning through trial and error? How do you use this in your company with your clients? Mm-hmm. So one thing I did leave out, which uh, you know I should have said, I guess, is really since an early age, probably right around my teenage years, I started to have a lot of joint issues. Like I have a lot of pain in. Uh, started with my knees and eventually let, well, I guess technically started with my ankles because I was a basketball player and sprained them like every other day. But uh, then my knees, I have a bunch of problems with, uh, then it's led to the shoulders and hips and uh, pretty much my whole body just became one big pain uh, point. Yeah. And, um, you know, I would go to doctors, go to physical therapists, and like the best help I ever got was very temporary. And it was actually from one therapist. I even was at the point around like 21, 22, where I went to my knees were so bad, and I still played basketball rec- uh, recreationally. Mm-hmm. And but it was, you know, making it hard to play when, you know, your knees are killing you and you're making your legs feel like you're, you're carrying cinder blocks. Uh, and so I went to a couple, uh, surgeons and they recommended a surgery. I forget what the surgery is called, but it had something to do with like shaving down the uh, patellar tendon and then reattaching it to my kneecap. And it, it was a pretty serious surgery. It was going to take a, a lengthy time to recover. And I was going to get it on both knees. And one of the surgeons actually recommended it. And then another surgeon, Uh, He didn't necessarily recommend it, but he said, yeah, like, if you want to do this, we can do it. And then before I decided to get the surgery, I went to one more uh, physical therapist this time who was uh, a very popular one. He's actually worked with a few Olympic athletes and he, I was in his office and he had me do a couple of squats and I I did like probably five squats, bodyweight squats. And he's like, dude, you don't need surgery. You're just insanely tight. And so that's why you have all these issues. And that was the first time around 21, 22, where uh, one, I realized that doctors don't know everything. And two, that, you know, there is something to be said about mobility and just having, you know, fully functional muscles and joints and all that stuff. And that can lead to pain. I feel like 
you know, not that we're taught this, but we're not taught the opposite, which is, oh, if I have knee pain, that means there must be something wrong with my knee and I need to go to the doctor to fix that where, uh, especially when we're talking about the knee, let's just say a lot of times knee pain uh, is the result of some type of dysfunction in the tissues above it, or in particular, the, the hip or the ankle joint. But uh, so I work with that guy and that's the only time I really got even a little bit of help, but it wasn't like a ton. Uh, and, but that's probably in part, uh, my fault since like most people, you go to the therapist and, you know, you do stuff with them and then you never do anything on your own. Uh, so yep. Yeah. Just like everybody else. But, uh, yeah. And so that's really what I was learning a lot about in my, in my twenties. Um, now I can officially say in my twenties since I'm no longer in my twenties, but, uh, and that's also what just movement and mobility, getting myself out of pain. And that's what led me to do what I do with healthy movement blueprint, which is primarily work with desk job, uh, workers or just people that sit a lot that have some type of back pain and have limited, limited mobility. And we help get their body moving correctly to not only get out of pain, but then of course, when you get the body moving badly or better and more efficiently, that's when you can start working on those other goals, like losing weight or gaining muscle or, you know, athleticism, things like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm inspired by your story. I had no idea that you had gone through that at such a young age. And I had knee problems at a young age too. Apparently friends remember me having knee problems when I was in high school, but I know by college, I was definitely doing physical therapy and I had a lot of pain and not realizing that I could strengthen areas around my knee to better support my body it took a while for me to figure something else out to avoid uh surgeries which were also being recommended um but your story at such a young age really helped you learn some new things that inspired some of the work you do in the company and i think that um that makes it even more powerful it, it's that passion that dedication to help others um definitely very very helpful um and so mobility. I'm not, I'm not worried about mobility yet, but I'm worried. I don't know. I'm worried that I'm going to have a lot of back pain or, you know, my, I'm slouching. You can see me slouching. This is what I do all the time now on the computer working in this hybrid world uh, remotely. And, um, and I'm worried, like even, even in general, am I stretching? Am I moving? I, I, I did two and a half miles this morning, but I didn't stretch. I showered and ran straight to zoom for my meeting. And so um, this is bigger than I probably thought it was. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about uh, this area and, um, and, and, and what it is that you do to help us to get become more mobile, work on mobility? Sure. So first, let me say that uh, how you started that, like, oh, like I'm not worried about mobility yet. Uh, that's kind of like the mindset, at least in the United States, that we've uh, that's been ingrained in us where you know, you wait till something's wrong to treat it. I actually post on my social media is a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was something along the lines of it's better to prevent than treat. Uh, like if you can keep a healthy body, if you can keep, you know, your, uh, not just the body going well, but the mind and, you know, with nutrition, all that stuff, uh, optimize your sleep. You won't have to worry about, or at least you limit the risk of getting hurt or feeling pain or getting sick. So, um, that's something I've actually been trying hard to push, not with people I work with. Cause at that point, you know, we're already trying, but people I, I don't work with, um, you know, you don't want to wait till you're sick to actually start working on your health. You want to do it beforehand. Uh, it doesn't make sense to, you know, wait till, you know, you 
or your doctor's telling you, oh, like you got to do something now or else you're going to have a heart attack in the next five years or, you know, you're a diabetic or you have that bad uh, nagging back pain that won't go away. You know, you don't want to wait till then to actually do something. You want to start beforehand. And also even past just preventing that stuff, um, you know, if you're in, if you're an athlete, even in your 20s, just recreationally, just doing mobility stuff and just exercising, keeping your body right will help you in that. Um, just strength in general, not only helps you through day-to-day life, but, uh, it just helps that that is more prevention, but it helps you from getting injured down the road. So uh, you definitely want to work on your health, whether you are, uh, you think you're in need of it now or not, it's always the right time to do that. But, um, I love the prevention perspective, by the way, I, I, I think that's critical. And, and I agree. Our mindset is in on prevention a lot of times, but I, I, this is very important here for us to take a moment and reflect on. So thank you for that. Yeah. And I've, uh, you know, I've already mentioned it twice, how like, oh, you know, doctors aren't always right. Or like, we kind of have this, you know, mindset ingrained in us. And I do mention it, uh, every few weeks, I kind of taken like a jab at the healthcare system in, uh, in America on my social medias, but it's just the whole healthcare industry is just such a mess and everything's set up to, you know, like I said, treat sickness, not prevent it, as well as treat symptoms, not the root cause of symptoms, which can actually get us into, you know, some of the mobility things in a second. But, uh, you know, that's one of the most important things I think that needs to be addressed. There's obviously a million, but one of the, uh, one of the top ones, in my opinion, needs to be addressed in this country and how it's run is just the mindset about health and what we do about it. Um, so as far as the mobility, um, so there's two ways I'll approach this question. First is kind of uh, differentiating what most people think of, of how to get more mobile, which is just the standard static stretching, which is oh, let me, you know, take a towel and put it around my leg and lift it up to stretch my hamstring and hold it for two minutes uh, versus, you know, what I typically do with people. And uh, I don't know if this is like the official, you know, definition of these or whatnot, but the way I like to think of it is flexibility is simply uh, the ability to, to lengthen your muscle. So if you stretch your hamstrings, of course, your muscle is lengthening your you're adding more tension to the muscle mobility. So that's really focusing on the muscles mobility. The way I look at it is, is the joints. How are your actual joints moving? Not necessarily the muscles, but the joints, when you're going down into a squat is your, is your hip, um, uh, is your hips moving correctly? You know, is, are you able to get the, the femur to externally rotate, um, in the hip socket, uh, but basically you're able to go through a full range of motion, uh, correctly without having to compensate in other areas. So when I, we're looking at mobility, I'm not looking to, okay, well, let's do, you know, four stretches and hold each one for two minutes because we're not necessarily working on our mobility at that point. Uh, yes, there are times to stretch and stretching can be beneficial, but more active, almost things that look like exercises is what I look at as mobility and how you're actually going to make real changes. So that was the first one. Uh, The second way I want to look at this is relating it to 
uh, people like you, like myself, and a lot of people that sit a lot, whether it's for work or just in general. And when we work on mobility, sometimes indirectly working on mobility is the best thing to do. What I mean by that is if we are, if you're sitting for 10 hours a day, what's happening is you are, um, your, your hip flexors, the muscle that flexes your hips, so brings your, your knee up and um, short, uh, reduces the degree between the leg and the, the upper body, those muscles start to get chronically stiff. And what happens is if the muscles on the front side of your hip are chronically stiff, that's going to pull your hips into an anterior pelvic tilt. So it will dip the hips down, which is why a lot of people get that big arch in their low back also known as the Donald Duck butt when the, when the butt pokes out a lot. And so what happens then is now your lower back muscles are very tight. Your hip, uh, your hip flexor muscles are very tight. And then the uh, abs, the abs, the uh, muscles on your stomach start to get overstretched and weak. And the same thing happens to the glutes. So it's, it's also known as lower cross syndrome. Same thing as upper cross sy- syndrome up top when the shoulders are around similar to the anterior pelvic tilt. So if you don't want that to happen and that happens a lot, or that happens when you sit a lot, not sitting a lot is going to be great for your mobility and keeping your body uh, moving nice and fluid. So yeah, just, you know, changing lifestyle habits is a great way to, you know, not necessarily uh, give you more mobility, but at least reduce how much mobility you lose. Uh, right now, I'm actually, my chair is actually right over here. I'm on the ground and every na- every few minutes, I just switch, uh, which like I'm in a, a hip flexor uh, stretching stance. So I'm on, I'm on one knee and my other uh, legs in front of me and I just keep switching back and forth. So rather than sitting in the chair for, you know, this 45 minutes uh, or however long this will go, I'm in a uh, position that actually promotes hip extension, which stretches those hip flexors. Oh, that's smart. And so, so you said a couple of things. One, I, I think we have to start figuring out how to, even if we have to be in meetings, how do we stand up more? How do we sit differently? Can we have the camera off and do something different with our legs to, to just improve mobility? But then the other thing, when you were trying to talk about flexibility versus mobility, I thought that was a great definition. Wonderful examples. I got it right away. But, um, you know, if I do a squat, I compromise. <laughs> I, I'm not. So I, I'm, I'm definitely I definitely need help with mobility. And I don't think we realize what that means. And we don't realize with time that we're making adjustments to the things we're doing in order to be able to pick that thing up off of the floor, do this thing. We don't, we don't realize the adjustments we're making. And so we don't realize how much of our mobility we've lost. And you're right now I'm getting a little scared. I also started, I know for listeners, I started fixing my posture a little bit and stretching my hips as we were talking about this, because I don't think we realize what's happening to our body until maybe it's too late because we have that pain or we realize we're slouching all the time, not just while we're sitting I, uh, or, or, or other health issues. This is true for anything with health. This is we were talking about mobility. That, that was what went into my head right away. Yeah. And I, I do want to say too, not so everyone gets freaked out. Uh, you can have incredibly limited mobility and go through life completely pain-free with no issues. You can also Usually what happens when we sit a lot too is our posture gets very poor. Yes, of course, that is uh, 
kind of similar to having poor mobility, but usually when people think of poor posture, it's, they also think of, you know, back pain or, you know, something bad and you can have, you know, the quote unquote worst posture ever and still be completely pain-free, never have an issue. So just because you have poor posture or have poor mobility doesn't mean you are destined for, you know, a life of pain or injuries, but um, it can definitely increase the possibility that you get some type of injury or pain. And at the end of the day, it's always just good to, whether you have the pain or not, it's always good to have that mobility to have, you know, quote unquote, at least better posture, not necessarily bad posture, just because uh, it definitely looks better, but uh, it does allow you to do certain things in a way that can limit those chances of injury. So don't think about the gloom and doom. It's not over. Uh <laughs> no, you, you, can, you can have the pain and poor posture and poor mobility, and it's still not over. There's still ways to correct it. Yes. Yeah. So that's good. That's very hopeful. Tell me more. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've been guiding this conversation a little bit into this component about mobility and our work on desks and sitting down on time, but, uh, but there's more that you do um, with your company, with Healthy Movement Blueprint. Do you wanna share anything else around the realm of health or uh, anything related to the conversation we're having that we haven't touched upon yet? Yeah, so the bulk of what I do is the movement, mobility, size, exercise side of things, but I also do work with people to um, help them optimize their sleep, as well as create good eating habits, pretty much similar to, to most trainers and health coaches, maybe not as much with the sleep, but definitely nutrition, uh, which is also, I know I briefly talked about doing several other podcasts recently. Uh, and the reason why I, I wanted to get a podcast, not, not even to promote uh, Healthy Movement Blueprint, but more so because, you know, everything that's going on with the current pandemic, uh, all you hear about is things which is so funny because it just goes it just falls right in line with what I was saying before with the healthcare system uh treating symptoms not root causes um a lot of the outside you know of course this current pandemic is targeting the elderly but outside of that what it really is it's a pandemic of the unhealthy and the top leading comorbidities uh, associated with uh, death with COVID is obesity is anxiety and related disorders is a uh, diabetes and all these things that unhealthy people have. And especially when I think the average is a right around four uh, comorbidities for people that either die or end up hospitalized. So, you know, like I said, yes, elderly people are getting affected by this, but um, it's really unhealthy people as well, primarily. And so I wanted to get on these podcasts, not only to talk about the exercise side of things, but also just simple tips and tricks people can use to get on the right track with nutrition as well as sleep. And so I guess I could just give a couple for both right now uh, that I, yeah, I highly encourage people uh, to use, but. Yeah, yeah. we'll take them because I'm already thinking, I mean, with this hybrid life that we're living, this pandemic hybrid life, I can imagine what's going on. So, so yeah, tell us some tips. What are some things you're thinking of right now? Yeah. So um, I get, well, first, let me start with this for someone that is literally trying to jump off the couch, eating Twinkies, sleeping four hours a night that just wants to get started with something. And there's probably many of you out there. 
starting with exercise, I would say, you know, beyond the mobility, all that stuff, just get the body moving. And the simplest way to do that is walking. So a lot of people that are literally starting from nothing, I will say, just start walking 10 minutes a day. Like, yes, that is not a lot of activity for 24 hours, but if you're starting from nothing, just walking 10 minutes is a good starting point. So as far as the movement and exercise side of things, if you are doing absolutely nothing right now, just start walking 10 minutes a day. Uh, if you're somewhere where the weather's getting very cold, like it is in Connecticut, uh, if you don't want to go outside, just walk around your house, like just get the body moving in some way. So 10 minutes of walking for the nutrition. Um, you know, when I work with people with nutrition, it's more about creating healthy eating habits more so than it is about getting into the you know sciences about, you know, what foods are going to affect your gut microbiome differently. And like this and that it's, you know, the average person doesn't have to necessarily worry about that. And there's, you know, many more steps before you have to start worrying about that. So just starting off with, you know, the most basic things, which is uh, something as small as one, just making sure you're getting enough water, um, you know, have, have a, <laughs> I see that face. That might mean that you maybe have had struggled with that yourself, but. Not you today. Know. I'm drinking water now. <laughs> Yeah. Like if you can just start to aim to drink, uh, half your body weight in ounces of water, that's a, that's a pretty good place. Uh, if you're not anywhere close to that, just, you know, start building up to start building up to that. So water is a great one with food specifically. A lot of people, as I said, the, um, biggest risk factor of death with COVID is obesity. So that obviously means people are eating too much, a simple, way to, you know, get started with healthy eating, not even worrying about what you're eating, but just reduce the portion sizes of what you're eating. If you use those massive dinner plates, like a lot of people do start using a smaller one. And if you do want to get, you know, a second plate, a second serving, wait 15 minutes till after you finish the first one, it usually takes about 15, 20 minutes for someone to even realize they're full. So if you wait, uh, you know, that's when you can, you know, start to say, oh, you know, I'm a little full. Maybe I don't have to stuff all this food down uh, my face now. So just reduce the portion sizes. And you do that by simply just reducing the amount you can fit on a plate or just um, by reducing the amount of food that uh, you either cook or have available to you at that uh, particular moment. So reducing uh, portion sizes and just drinking more water is a great first step for nutrition with the sleep. Um, this is definitely easier said than done, but a good place to start is just getting to bed and waking up uh, at the same times as consistently as possible. Uh, if you let's just say, you know, someone's struggling with sleep and you look at the times they're going to bed and sometimes they go to bed at 10 PM, the next night they're going to bed at 1 AM, the next night it's 1130 PM. It's, it's all over the place. You're not, uh, first off, you're like your mind has no idea, like we all have our circadian rhythm, that, that 24 hour clock where our body kind of can sense when it's time to wake up, uh, when it's time to start winding down, when it's time to go to bed. If you're constantly switching up the times you're waking up, the times you're going to bed, exposing yourself to artificial blue lights, uh, your mind's like, you know, what the heck? I don't know if it's 10 PM or 10 AM because uh, everything's so inconsistent. So if you can start having a more consistent bedtime and 
uh, wake up time, you can get your body on that consistent schedule. So not only will that help you get um, a good quantity sleep, quantity of sleep, because of course, if you're setting the times you're going to sleep, you can determine how much sleep you're getting, but the quality sleep will also go up just because as I said, your body now knows, okay, it's time to start getting ready for bed. Let's start winding down and get ourselves ready to sleep. Mm -hmm. So, so many great tips. I mean, the sleeping one, I can see how I've been inconsistent lately. And so today I woke up at 4.30 Eastern Standard Time and I couldn't go back to bed. And I was like, all right, that's it. 5 a.m. I was going to get up and work. And it was supposed to be the first night I was going to get enough sleep because I've been going to sleep too late every day. Um, I, I haven't been able to wind down my body. So I'm trying to come up with some habits to help me with that. So I get to sleep. The food was a great one. I switched to my salad plates now, which are smaller. Um, and that's been wonderful for me, but I love this idea of just that's how do we control portions? I hate throwing food away. So instead of eating it, so to our listeners, I'm freezing it. So if I make uh, extra food and I'm not going to eat it all, I save it for lunch the next day. I try to not have to cook every day or I freeze. I've been freezing some of my food and then I, you know, use it another, another time. And I don't feel like I'm wasting things. And then water, um, I was doing great with the water and I've been doing really poorly lately. So that was a great reminder. I, I, I count the number of glasses I drink, or I use a 32 ounce water bottle and try to drink three of those a day. So I think, um, the, these are, these are very helpful, doable tips for any of us, along with finding ways to be more mobile, more active. And I love the exercise, especially because I spend time in New England and it's cold up there right now. So, <laughs> so how do we stay active between these meetings? What can I do for 10 minutes uh, to, to keep my body going? So these are very doable tips, Boomer, I think for all of our listeners. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have this mindset of if they're gonna start trying to get healthier through nutrition, they're going from eating McDonald's three times a day and then addition to snacking while they're home to all of a sudden they have to meal prep and eat uh, only salad and whole foods and, you know, like the, the healthiest stuff and literally do a complete 180 where, you know, that's definitely not a bad place to be eventually, but it's it takes a special kind of person to be able to do that 180 and just stick with it. So mm -hmm. something as small as the two things I suggested, hey, water and limit the portion sizes of what you're eating. Like we essentially, all we did was just add water. We didn't, the only thing we took away was the amount you're eating. We didn't take away any of those foods that you love to eat. Uh, it's just a little bit less. So, uh, you know, there's small incremental steps you can take to eventually get to a point where, you know, a lot of people would look at and say, okay, like that, that's what health is, even though that small step of, you know, eating less pizza than you would have originally may not look like health, you're definitely on the right track. So uh, it's good to start with, you know, smaller uh, steps. That's why when I do work with people, uh, if it's not just the exercise side of things, but we are doing stuff with the sleep and the nutrition and the exercise, we start with just exercise for a few weeks because I don't want to be throwing everything at them at once. So you start with the exercise so they can get a routine. Then we get into the, the sleep. I have like a whole sleep course set up, which they go through. And then we talk about and implement things. So we already have that habit set up with the exercise. Then we start getting this stuff with the sleep. And then we throw nutrition in. We're not doing it all at once because 
that's when people start to get overwhelmed and then like confused and then stressed and then adding stress to what we're doing is just the opposite of what we want to do. So you want to start with smaller steps. Yeah. I like that approach. I think I, I, I'm the kind of person who, who jumps for everything at once, but then can't sustain those habits. And um, I like the approach of let's just focus on one thing. Let's focus on sleep first. Then let's focus on this, the nutrition, then be more mobile. And um, I think that approach makes it sustainable. You develop a habit really well, and then let's add on another positive or healthy habit to that to to the menu and let's develop that really well and then add another one i think that that makes this process doable many of us want instant gratification so we're we're trying to do everything i want or i want to be able to lose 10 pounds right away or i want to be mobile and and i think if we can take the time to slow down and and try one thing at a time for a month or two or three and then add on add on i i think it would make it a sustainable lifestyle change and i and not a quick fad or or quick change, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, well, no, yeah. And, you know, so the tiny changes I was talking about, which is, you know, just consistent bedtime, walk 10 minutes and more water. Like, yes, something like that, you can do all at once because they're so minimal. When I work with someone, we tend to be doing a bit more uh, in each ca- each department, which is why I want to, uh, you know, break it up into sections rather than doing it all at once. Because when it's not just those tiny, tiny changes, that's when it becomes a bit more difficult. But that's another important thing, like you said, is everyone, you know, wants that instant gratification. And especially when it comes to health more than anything, or particularly weight loss, when it comes to health, uh, people don't have patience for it. But uh, the problem is, if you don't like, you should never look at any health goal, especially weight loss, as a specific like time frame and then you're done. Like, yes, you can have a goal of, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds in five months, six months or something, whatever it is, but that's okay. But don't look at it like, and then I'm completely done because what, when I work with someone, what we're doing is like, I'm not working with you to lose 20 pounds. I'm working with you to help you create long lasting, sustainable, healthy habits to not only, uh, help you lose that weight, but then also keep it off. That's why all, like you mentioned, a fad diet and a lot of, you know, certain other coaches or program offer all like, I'll help you lose 30 pounds in a month. And, you know, half the people, probably 80% of the people that do them don't lose uh, the weight or come even close to that. But the few that do will usually put the weight back on within the next, if not few months, definitely within the next uh, year. And it's because they didn't learn anything any type of habits that are sustainable. So like I said, I, I work with people to create healthy habits that they can use long-term uh, and that will help them reach those goals. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like this idea of sustainable health uh, lifestyle changes, make it sustainable long-term. It's not a fad and we can do it and we'll be happier for doing it. And um, it's an approach that many of us, like I said, have a hard time with. We want the 30 pounds in a month gone. Um, but like you said, how do we make this sustainable? It's about health and lifelong health. And, and I, I do love that approach and that philosophy. Yeah, if, if it took you, you know, eight years to put on the weight, you can't expect it to come off. It doesn't mean it's going to take eight years to, t- to get it off, but you can't expect it in a month. Similar, uh, 
with pain, you know, usually it, it took uh, way more time, unless it's an acute injury, to develop some type of back pain or hip pain or something or knee pain. And uh, it can take, you know, 20, 30 years. So you can't expect to just get rid of it within, you know, a few weeks. It's going to take some time. But uh, again, developing habits and just patience is key. Yep. Excellent points. We've covered a lot of ground in this interview. Thank you so much for sharing all this information. Um, I wanted to see if you had anything else that you wanted to add that I didn't get to ask you or that we didn't get to explore that you feel is very important or final words of advice for our listeners. Uh, You know, it would just be more um, going over again that, you know, it's better to prevent than to treat And as I said, the main reason why I wanted to do these was just because you don't hear any of the people in power or mainstream media talking about how to actually make yourself healthy in this current pandemic. Uh, It's all about things that, you know, can can be beneficial, like social distancing and, you know, the other couple of things I'm talking about. But that's not actually doing anything to make your make your immune system healthier, make you healthier. Um, So, you know. These tips right here I just gave you are something that will make you healthier, will help you reach your health goals, and will help you prevent not eventually have to take care of sickness. I also want to throw in there, I'm sure the next thing anyway was going to be, oh, you know, plug your social medias and all uh, <laughs> all that. But uh, the other week I was on a podcast and we got into the uh, charity like organization I was running. I know I've mentioned before the podcast, uh, this podcast started, we didn't touch on it here, but um, I, I had a mental health charity-like organization. So there, we just covered it. Uh, but we were talking about that. And then we got back into the uh, Healthy Moving Blueprint business and the host kind of you know, indirectly challenged me or, or motivated me to you know, keep up with uh, the giving. And so from then on, every podcast I've been on, I have decided to uh, offer a, a nice discount. So anybody that um, wants to work with me that hears about me through this podcast, uh, I before we hop on a call to see if it's a good fit to work together, I have you fill out a, a questionnaire. And if you, in the, in the bottom, there's a you know section about a, a referral link or like, where, where did you hear about us? And if you plug uh, either um, Jacqueline's name or, uh, coffee and interview podcast, just the title of it. Uh, if we end up working together, you will get a 10% discount off the, the total price of whatever uh, program we have. So I just wanted to throw that in there now. But uh, yeah, a- any other questions? Or like I said, if you want to work with me, you can find me at my social media pages, which on Instagram is just Healthy Movement Blueprint. Facebook, we do have a Facebook page, um, but I also just use my own personal Facebook, which is just my name, Boomer Peralt. And uh, yeah, I'm sure, you know, if there's any caption or bio to this podcast, that those links will be in there. So you got it. Yeah. No, and, and thank you for, for that, that gift of the discount for anyone who might be interested in doing coaching, but for our listeners, all this information, the Instagram handle, the Google form, if you're interested in the coaching, uh, anything that was shared in this particular interview will be in the description section. So you'll be able to click on the links or depending on your browser you, or, or uh, platform, I should say as well, you might have to copy and paste the link into your browser, but the links will be there for you. Check out the description for this episode. You'll get Boomer's information and you'll get all these resources. 
Um, Boomer, thank you so much for quite an informative conversation. We're having this conversation on a Friday, so it's a great way to end my week. Um, I hope listeners, you have some great tips from this conversation. I definitely got, I keep looking to my left. I have a home office. So uh, to my left is my kitchen. I'm wondering, um, do I have my water bottle out? Do I have my dinner play? Where can I move for 10 minutes? What else can I do to take on a preventative approach to my health rather than a reactive approach? And so I hope that um, all of you got something from this interview just as I did. And again, check us out, check the description. Boomer's information is there. And Boomer, again, thank you. This was very informative on a Friday. I, I truly appreciate you taking the time to share all these different tips especially in this really odd hybrid pandemic world that we are in, where many of us are in this remote space and could really use some of these resources. Yeah, absolutely. I had a great time chatting with you. Me too. Thank you so much. And everyone check out the description. Once you're done listening to this episode, you have lots of great resources there. Thank you, Boomer. Thank you, everyone. And catch you at the next episode.